Hey, we are so excited you're here. It's going to be an awesome night. I'm excited about what we're talking about. Let me, let's just recap just for a second. Uh, so even if you haven't been here in the past couple of weeks, what we've been talking about. We've been talking about God's will. It's simpler and bigger than you think. And so the first week, kind of one of the concepts we looked at is that we tend to have this um, holy grail view of Christianity. What I mean is, if you've, so we've all seen the movie Indiana Jones. I think it's in The Last Crusade. And they're looking for this, the holy grail that Jesus drank out of, the Last Supper. And the idea is that if you, if you drink from the right cup, from the holy grail, that you'll have eternal life. But if you drink from the wrong cup, you'll, you'll die on the spot, right? He chose poorly, right? Um, and so we tend to have this, this idea in our lives that every decision is this like do or die thing. That if I choose, if I choose wrong, I'm gonna, like, my whole life will crumble immediately. And if I choose right, then, then my life will be perfect for the rest of my life, right? And that's just that's a, not a biblical pressure that God puts on us. So we looked at that. God's really not, as, though he does care about the details, in reality, he's not as concerned. We shouldn't worry as much about what career we pursue or what major we choose as much as just loving God with all of our heart and choosing to live for him. The second week, we looked at the fact that so often we tend to worry about every decision. And we, we freak out about every decision. We, we make our decisions based on, God, just give me this sign. Help me have this perfect feeling. And really, God wants us to use wisdom to make decisions. To, to look to Scripture, the, the principles of the Bible, and let it guide our lives. To pray, and not just like, God, just give me a good feeling or give me this sign. But to pray, God, give me a pure heart in this decision. Help me to make this decision based on what you think and not just what other people think or how it's going to make me look. Wisdom is, is going to godly people for advice. And ultimately, it's, wisdom is trusting that God is leading you, that he has you by the hand. And he's not going to let you crack your forehead on the pavement because he, he's guiding you and walking with you. Tonight, if I was going to kind of describe how I want us to look at this, this last night, I've had a few opportunities to uh, perform weddings. Amy and Tim are in here. Got to do their wedding. That's pretty awesome. Tim Baker, love you. <laughs> and... So many times, it's funny, and it, a lot of y'all aren't married, which, actually most of you aren't, sorry, um, which is cool, because you're like 18 years old, some of you, but um, it's, so, it's so funny, you, if you've been to a wedding, you've seen this, especially if you're close to the couple getting married, they like lose their minds right before the wedding, and like are nervous about everything, and you're like, just breathe, just in and out, okay, you can do it, right, it's okay, and so often I have to tell, my, tell them, hey, look, Let's think big picture here. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to go on and we're worried about the roses. And if so-and-so is going to stand up and say they object to the marriage and we're worried about like the flower girl tripping, whatever. But really the goal is just that you get married, right? Like if at the end of the day you're married, awesome, right? <laughs> Success. And hopefully along the way we have a really good time, right? That's kind of our goal. We want to have a good time, get you married, and glorify God. That's really the big picture. And it's funny when couples get that. Except for Tim, he passed out. Not really. <laughs> but when couples get that, it's like, ah, oh, right, this is good. And, and decisions throughout the day are a little bit easier. Because, right, big picture. Glorify God, have fun, get married. I can do that. Check, right? If you were to back up and look at the big picture of your life, what does God want you to do? He wants you to make much of him. Wherever you go, what that sign says, and in whatever you do, to make much of him, to build his kingdom. Whatever platform you have, to make much of him. And as you're going, that's the destination, and as you're going along, to make much of him. In whatever you do. 
part of the reason I wanted to talk about this, there's, I think there's this misconception in, in Christian culture that the only people that are really supposed to make much of Jesus and proclaim him and share the gospel and build his kingdom are pastors and missionaries. And that's just not true. God wants to use every single one of you for his glory. Every single one of you. Matthew 6 tells us that we should all be investing in, in eternal things. So it's not like, well, Brandon's a pastor, so he gets to invest in heaven, but I'm just going to kind of hang out here on earth. Like, No, we're all to invest in things that have eternal significance. 1 Peter 4 talks about the fact that God has given us all these gifts and these talents, and we're to use them to glorify Jesus, not, not just to make much of ourselves or to build our little kingdom, but to build his kingdom. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says, all authority is mine. I'm the boss, right? That's what Jesus says, so listen up. Go and make disciples. And he didn't say, this is just for the pastors and missionaries. <laughs> no, for everybody, every follower of me, go and make disciples. Whatever your platform, wherever you go, make much of them. There's a couple that I got to meet, I guess, about almost five years ago. Um, that, man, they are an incredible example of what we're talking about, of making much of Jesus in whatever you do. Um, Rick and Holly Beatonboe, incredible, godly couple, incredible leaders. I remember, just kind of random, but I was, while working on my doctor, I was reading all these leadership books, and I'm not just trying to, like, flatter you, Rick, but as I was reading, they would talk about level five leaders and all these leaders. I'm like, like, and if you look at my notes in the books, I'd write Rick Beatonboe. Like, that's the kind of leader he is. And Holly is, too. They're godly people that, in whatever they do, they want to make much of Jesus. And what's cool is they want to influence others to do that as well. And so we were talking, we were joking earlier about how to introduce him. I guess he's, he's the founder of Beaton Homes, and now he would call himself the ex-president, <laughs> um, I guess. But because he's, he's actually handed, passed the mantle to somebody else, and he's continuing on to invest in others to make much of Jesus in whatever they do. Um, and so I'm excited about them sharing tonight their story, and really how to make much of Jesus wherever you go and whatever you do. And so that you can be a little more familiar with their story, we're going to watch about a five-minute video, and they're going to come and share. So let's check out this video. We all welcome Rick and Holly real quick. These are good peeps right here, all right? (laughs) Here you go. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Seriously, super excited about it. Um... Obviously, I have some questions to kind of walk through, but again, feel free to go where the Lord leads you and share whatever. Um, so the first question, I'm asking this not just really as a chance for them to brag, but for, I want you to see that God really can use whatever you do for his kingdom. So I want to ask, what are some ways that you see God using the, the, the business that you started, and even now you have some other things going, um, how do you see him using your business for his kingdom purposes? What are some different ways you see that? Well, first of all, I was just really struck back there. I was looking around the room and thinking about each one of you, and I really feel like the Lord put on my heart. The fact that you're here tonight listening to this message means you're called. Hmm. You're called. I think about if, if when we were your age, um, what would have happened if we had heard this message And so the most awesome thing is we're 25 years down the journey now. And what a privilege it is for us, for you guys, to get to stand on our shoulders, okay? So if we can share everything we've learned 
along this journey for 25 years with you, and you can stand on our shoulders, how much more can you accomplish for Christ? Mm -hmm. And that is what makes me so excited. I mean, I'm so excited right now just thinking about your lives and the call on your life. And it's just clear. It's so clear to me because you're in this room right now. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. At this stage in your life. And, and I have to say, when all of this first started, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea. We, we could not have imagined what God was going to do if, if we, uh, there's just, we, did, we had no idea. So um, none of this was in our hearts and our minds when we first started. We just wanted to support our families and put bread on our table <laughs> in all honesty we had no idea what we were going to do. I, I graduated from Texas Tech with a degree in family studies. Go Tech, oh yeah. Child development. <laughs> and so family studies and child development in a home building company. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would have ever thought that God would have done that? And um, so. It's awesome. So. Um, you want me to go? <laughs> tag, you're it. You're up to bat. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, at this age... I, uh, I knew what I was supposed to do. I, I was a business guy. It's in my heart. <laughs> From the age of about 12. So I definitely knew that I needed to be in the marketplace. I wanted to have a business or be in business. But I wasn't, I didn't know the Lord, first of all. And I was not committed to giving my best. So I did not graduate from Texas Tech University. Though I went for a year. And then I flunked out. So uh, Holly has our degree. Um, but I knew in my heart what I wanted to do for a living God had put that in my heart and I didn't know that at the time Um, as we walked into this business I was doing something that I had dreamed about and I didn't know that the Lord was going to get a hold of us and change it because the vision we had as Holly said when we started was nothing what he's given us I, I say often thank God for giving us his vision rather than my vision because my vision was pretty small in 92. I thought, hey, we'd build a few homes, we'd make a living, um, maybe make some money, but I never dreamed that we'd build seven or 8,000 homes, that we'd have 150 employees, that we'd give $50 million away through that business to ministries all over the world, 400 ministry, ministry partners around the world. That was not my vision. I thought we'd build 50 or 60 homes a year. And so, really, I just walked into it doing what was on my heart. And God added to that his blessing and then rearranged our priorities over the years. Um, What was your original question? (laughs) See what had happened. (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah, so um, I love what you're sharing. And this question was, um, how have you seen, or how currently are you seeing God use your ministry for kingdom purposes? So you mentioned the ministry partners. Can you kind of define that just a little bit for a second? Yeah. Um, so when we first started, uh, we wanted to glorify and honor God. We didn't know what that meant. So the, we thought the only way as business people we could be a part of God's work was to take the money that we made in the business over here and give it to the people over here who were doing ministry. I mean, that's how little we knew in our faith. We, our lives were all compartmentalized. We had church on Sunday, church on Wednesday, and then we just ran a business during the week. We didn't understand 
at all that that could that our faith could come right in the middle of the company. And so um, that's what we did. We started giving money away, and that was my role. And I had no idea what I was doing, but the Lord um, started teaching me, and he started teaching me through his word. Um, and in Matthew, it talks about you'll know one another by your fruit. And so when I read that, I was just doing my Bible reading one day, and I read that, and the Lord really started speaking to me about fruit. I'll know these ministries by the fruit of the ministry. And so we started inviting them to come on Friday nights, and we said, bring stories of fruit. Mm. This is a fruit stand. We're going to set up <laughs> some fruit up in here. And we're going to um, – what started happening was incredible stories from these ministry partners all over the world. They would come in, and they would – people would give testimony to, to how their lives were completely radically changed by the love of the Lord. And we started seeing that and going – wow, that's, we want some of that. And so God really introduced himself, um, although at that point we had been going to church for a long time. We knew a lot about the Lord, but we did not know him. We didn't have an intimate personal relationship with him. And it was through those ministry partners that the Lord introduced us to an intimate relationship with him. And so after a while um, of giving these resources to these ministries, the Lord tapped us on the shoulder and he said, this is really great. I mean, you're giving money to these ministries over here. But, you know, inside the company, the transformation that you're seeing happen in these ministries, that can actually happen with the people inside your company and the people that you encounter every day. If you're willing to bring my love mm. and, and make room for me, um, I want to do that. I want to make myself known to the people that you work with every day. Um, and we, again, felt so ill-equipped to do that. We, we don't have a degree in ministry. We felt so ill-equipped to do that. Mm -hmm. But we just started praying and asking the Lord. He, he told us that that started with a love for his people. That's where it needed to start. And so, you know, in the world, in business, the leaders and the employees, there's like this invisible wall between mm -hmm. them. And the leaders of the company sometimes lead at arm's length. You know, you always hear, leave your personal life at the door, come in, and be professional. And the Lord started teaching us something completely. He started teaching us the kingdom way in that, his way in that. And that is transparency and realness mm. and vulnerability and so for leaders, um, of course, he orchestrated the perfect way for us to do that. And that was through our son's testimony. He started walking a really hard journey and making some decisions that were affecting his life in a radical way and our lives. And so, um, you know, when you've had a business in a community for 20 years, that's not something that actually stays very quiet. Mm. And... The Lord really had a work to do on us with our pride and in that whole situation. And um, we wanted the people in the company that we loved dearly to hear the story from us before they heard it out on the street. And so we came in one morning in our jump start and shared that story with everyone. And immediately the enemy comes and starts saying, they're not going to respect your authority anymore. They're not going to 
love you. I mean, they're just, they're going to totally lose respect for you when they find out the problems that you're having and the struggles that you're having. Um, but I'm telling you, they surrounded us. We were crying. We were just weeping. Mm. They surrounded us. They prayed for us. They prayed with us. And several of our employees after that came up to us and said, man, one of them in particular said, I've just been living in fear because I have a past. And I've been living in fear that, that I would be discovered. And once you found out who I was, there wouldn't be a place for me here anymore. And we had an opportunity to tell him what a blessing he is and how much value he adds to the organization and how grateful we are that he's there and that he actually gives us great hope for our son. Mm. He helped us see through our current circumstance with our son to see what our son could become. And that encouraged and blessed us. And God really just used that whole thing to bring that wall down. And that just those few moments together in the morning, he just brought the whole wall down. And all of a sudden, everyone could take their masks off and be real. And there's no separation. We, we're people. And all of our problems come with us wherever we go. Mm. If we can share those in community with one another, then we can gain strength from community in that. And we can pray about it together. And um, it really melded our hearts together, that whole thing did. So it, it required great risk. You know, that was scary, being that vulnerable and confessing all of our personal problems and the things that we were having going on in our family. But God has rewarded that so incredibly richly. Can I say something so cool that you mentioned is, and that was evident, <clears throat> excuse me, in the story you're sharing, is decompartmentalizing, is that a word? <laughs> but, but so it's not just like what you were sharing. I think typically that sounds like, like I think if you just walked in the room, you would think, oh, she's talking about it at her church. And you're talking about it at work, which is incredible, right? So not this, I have my church life, I have my business life, I have my family life. It's, it's, it's all God's, right? Which is so cool. And Rick, what you were sharing about, it was never the vision you had, but, it, but on your own, you never could have imagined that. But that was God's plan. It makes me think, our, somewhere on the screen, I think we had it earlier, God's will is simpler and bigger than you think, which is so cool because simple in that, here you go, God, <laughs> and bigger in that you, you never dreamed, right, uh, that this would happen. So when we give our dreams, our, our lives, our careers to God, he does amazing things through them that we never even fathomed. And what's cool, too, we'll move on to the next question, but um, I think so many of us get caught up in this idea of I, I can't make a decision about this, my job or whatever, until I can see that the future holds promise and success, and you can't see that. And you just have to trust that God has it, right? And actually, it's a lot bigger than we could imagine. Go ahead. In fact, on that point, you know, in 1990, 1990, I guess it was, I was in the software business, and uh, I knew it was time. I still didn't know the Lord, but I knew it was time for me to leave my job and start a company. I just was restless in my heart, and I knew that I was going to do it. And I had two choices before me. I had gotten excited about building homes. I'd bought a home. And was living in it, still wasn't married to Holly yet, but I had bought a home and uh, had gotten excited about maybe building homes. Dad was gone. He had left Lubbock after going broke. But also had an opportunity to put a Maytag appliance store here. Now, back then, those two seemed equal. Uh, I remember 
trying to decide between those two things. But I woke up in the middle of the night and realized that I was just never going to get excited about selling appliances. Just me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with selling appliances. <laughs> but for me, I just knew that I wasn't going to be excited about that and that building homes seemed more exciting to me. So I just started walking into that. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, and for me, I never have struggled with decisions uh, very long. I, I, God gave me a decisive nature, but that was a big decision, or it seemed like a big decision to me. But I look back on it, I think, you know, even if I had gone into the appliance business, um, if God had been part of that, if I had invited him into that, mm -hmm. It would have been successful. Um, it just didn't matter which thing that I did. I just needed to do what was in my heart, mm -hmm. what I was excited to do. You know, we have college students come to work for us that are graduated, and I can think of two or three, um, one that came to work for Lauren, in fact, that in about three months discovered that the career that she thought was going to be her career for the rest of her life was not something that she wanted to do. She had a different view of it, and the reality of it was not what she thought it was going to be, and she moved on to something else, and, you know, I think that's the reality of it. Whatever College, in a lot of ways, I think is a time of maturity and gathering yourself, finding your own faith away from your family, uh, hopefully finding your faith away from your family, um, and some of the things that seem like major decisions, you know, aren't going to be that major except to follow God. Mm -hmm. and to ask him to, to lead you into whatever it is and your heart knows what that is. God made me mm -hmm. have a business heart. He gave me a heart for the marketplace. I love mm -hmm. transactions and buying and selling and employing and organizational stuff. I love that, and there's probably something you love, and if you walk into that, that's the call that the Lord has on your heart. But if, if you are following him, then he's going to bring his energy and his blessing, his provision into that calling wherever it is. And it right. can be anywhere, a musician, an artist, uh, a pastor, a teacher, a home builder. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Um, so thinking about that and, and wanting God to be a part of it, what are kind of a, a big question here, but maybe looking for some like specific things. What are some of the biblical principles, or how to say it this way, how has the Bible influenced your leadership and business styles, and then also, um, what are some of the, kind of with that question, what are some of the principles and philosophies that you've embraced that have helped you make much of Jesus? Um, so say it simply, how has the Bible, your relationship with God, influenced the way you do business? Can I do one thing first? Yeah. Um, one of the things the Lord really pressed on our hearts was loving people. The most precious thing to Him is people. And he started teaching us, um, you know, each one of us are his beloved sons and daughters. And when you guys reach the age of having children and you feel in your heart what you feel, you know, he teaches us so much about his love for us through that. Um, so, so really loving the people and caring about the people beyond the job that they do. Mm -hmm. Like putting their best interest first. And helping them achieve their goals and their dreams. Even if it means at some time they're going to leave the company and go do their dream. Well, glory to God. We got to be a part of that journey for them. And helping them reach that. And so that's one of the things the Lord has taught us. And one of the things we've really tried to embrace. Is just growing and developing people. And then um, 
I think Rick has a story he wants to share with you just in leadership, his practice that he does, spending time alone with the Lord. And Well, we're, you know, as, the, as God has really taken charge of his business that it was all along, right, we like to think of it as raising a, the white flag of surrender. <laughs> Every day, you know, where I transition from, this is my business, uh, well, this is my business, and I hope God will bless it, um, to this is God's business, and I hope that I can be a blessing to him mm. as his steward. And that's a pretty different way to think about that. But that's uh, what we've been, what's been going in our hearts for 25 years. And, you know, the Bible is such an amazing uh, and timeless tool. And it is God's word and all of the wisdom is in it. Um, you know, some people say there's a generation growing up that's not sure if there's any truth universal truth maybe uh you hear out there that whatever makes you feel good mm -hmm. is the truth um or this is the truth or that's the truth but god is the truth and his words are the truth and you know as you're submitted to him even a business guy i have got to spend time with the king if i'm going to be in his kingdom how can i know what he wants me to do if i don't spend time with him right and you have to do that every single day and as you do that, and as I have done that, God will bring the solutions, the very practical solutions of everyday life to me. And he's done that many times. You know, we are building homes in Midland, Texas. And Midland is the very center of the oil business, right? You guys know that. Uh, the largest oil reserve in the world, the second largest oil reserve in the world is in Texas. It's in Midland. And so that's what they do down there. They, they produce oil. And... It produces a lot of jobs, and so we're building homes down there. Well, there was an oil crisis about five years ago. We're still kind of in it. Oil prices went from $100 to $35. And one morning, um, I was talking to the Lord about this, and uh, I was reading in, reading about King Hezekiah in First Chronicles, and it talked about that the king of Assyria camped out all around the city of Jerusalem. And was heckling the Jews, and it was this huge army assembled outside the walls of Jerusalem. They're going to destroy this, everybody in it and take the city. And um, Hezekiah did a couple of preparations, but then he remembered, oh, what I need to do is I need to get my guys together, and we need to pray to the Lord for relief. And that night, the Lord destroyed that entire army. They woke up the next morning, and, and that the Jezreel Valley and all of the area around Jerusalem was covered in the dead soldiers, those dead Assyrian soldiers. God had just wiped them out overnight because they prayed to him. And as I was reading that, I immediately thought about this oil thing. You know, and if, if, you're, if you have something else in your heart, you might be reading that and he might say something else to you. But as a business guy, um, thinking about oil, this is what he said to me. He reminded me that he is the provider, not oil. And you know, our team, our leadership team, had this app on our phone. You know, this is what we do, right? We have an app for everything. And there's an app for oil commodity, and you can look every day at what the oil price is doing, and we were doing that. You know, every day we'd, get, we'd stand around the coffee machine, one of us would say, well, what's the oil price of oil doing? And we'd pull up the app and look. It's down some more, you know. And well, the price of oil going down in Midland was significant to us because we're building homes in that area. And if 
people are coming there to work in the oil field, then we're going to get to sell homes. And if people are leaving Midland because the oil has crashed, then people are not going to be buying homes. So that's, I just wanted to draw the correlation between why that was significant for us. Cool. Sorry. Uh, what a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the Lord said to me in that moment, you need to delete that app from your phone because you don't need to be worrying about what the price of oil is doing. Is oil your provider or am I your provider? And so I immediately went and got my phone and deleted that app off my phone and apologized profusely to the Lord because that's right. Um, it doesn't matter what oil does. If this is God's company and he's going to provide for it, then oil didn't have anything to do with nothing, right? <laughs> um, and that's the truth of what happened. And our whole team got excited about what the Lord had said to me about that, and we all deleted those apps off our phone. I hope everybody's kept them off their phone. <laughs> because what are we going to do about it, right? Just oil prices are down, so what? What are we going to do about that? We can't do anything about that. The Lord said, when you think about the price of oil and you get nervous for a minute, why don't you just ask me what I want you to do? Mm-hmm instead of worrying about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did and have done. And I think there is what the Bible will do, is you are submitting to God, whatever your calling is, whatever you're doing. If you're spending time with him every day, mm-hmm. talking to him, he's going to bring the solutions to, your, to our everyday problem, whatever right. it is. You don't have to be the president of a home building company uh, for him to bring a solution. He'll bring a solution for everything if we're just submitted to him and spending time with him every day. Something's cool to think about. I want to make sure y'all get businessmen, businesswoman, right? And he, common sense business, what I mean by common sense, what the world would say is common sense, would say, you better have that app on your phone, right? That's your uh, region that you're in charge of. You better have that app on your phone. And really, every leadership principle you need is right here. Amen. It really is. This is not just Though, by all means, this tells us the way to salvation, Jesus Christ, right? Um, it tells us how to live. It, it holds every leadership principle we could, we could ever want or need right here. So this is not just, this is for my Christian life, and I'll hit the textbooks when I want to get serious about business. No, this, this will guide you through business, too. Um, I want to say, you made it clear, but I just want to reemphasize. This is not, it's not that you get to only glorify God if you're the CEO, because you get to set the standard. No matter what your position is, even if you're not the lead teller, right? Even if you're the low man on the totem pole wherever, you can choose to surrender that position to God and, and to glorify God in that, whatever it is. In fact, me, that, and that's happened, in fact. I, I, someone will, in our, in our organization, wherever they are, um, might get a word from the Lord mm. for all of us and come to me with that. I mean, that's... Uh, the Lord can speak and does speak to our organization through everybody in it at this point, which is a beautiful thing. That's what happens when, the, when God's covering is on us, and, mm-hmm. he, and his covering is on us. Amen. Yeah, well, we <laughs> this morning, just this morning, I got a text from our ministry team member in Midland, and all of the builders have what we call Jump Start, which is our Bible study. We do that in the mornings. And in the Jump Start this morning, our plumbing contractor prayed to receive the Lord, and they sent me a picture on their phone of them praying um, together. If y'all can put that up, it's awesome. There it is. 
So these are the builders. This, these are our builders. So it, he's exactly right. No matter what position you're in, every person you meet, every person you encounter, you have an opportunity to show them Jesus mm -hmm. through you, the Jesus that's in you. So you can love on them. You can ask them how their day is. You can get invested in their lives because that's what this is a result of. Mm -hmm. You know, those guys have gotten to be friends with him on the job site every day to the point that they invited him to come to their Bible study in the morning. And then he's at the Bible study in this morning. Look what happens. It's awesome. And yeah, so absolutely. Cool. I think I may be getting this wrong. If I'm, if I'm wrong, just go with it. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think Lauren has told me that you've said that one of the things you do every day or you know, as much as you can every day is, maybe you two, is pray, God, Show me who I can love today. Something like that. I'm probably not yeah. saying it. It's the eloquent. opportunities. The opportunities mm. that he has. Mm. And really, that can be in Walmart. Seriously, Walmart is one of the biggest mission fields <laughs> I have encountered. I cannot walk through that store without being in tears almost. And mm. even when you're walking through the checkout line, you just engage with that person and say, how is your day? Just to be seen by people. Because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that feel completely invisible. And these are things that we can do every day. You know, your waiter, um, we, we were eating at a restaurant, and I asked the, the waitress how she was doing today and how her day had been. And literally, she came back to me at the end of the meal, and she said, I've been waiting tables for seven years, and no one has ever asked how I'm doing. Wow. You know, Holly does this naturally. Um, that's her personal style. She's like made of love. You know? um, and so I say that because that's not my natural style. I have a different style. So, but I know the Lord has shown me that his people are what matter, mm -hmm. right? Not the stones, not the tasks, right? And so for those of us that might be more task-oriented, we, we have to find our way towards this. And I think what Brandon's talking about is a few years ago, I started praying that the Lord would, would give me that, that he would put that in my heart, mm -hmm. even though that's not my style naturally. Um, I wanted that to be my style. And so we can pray for the Lord to do that, and he did that. He gave me that. And um, now that is my style, and that's what we can all do. We Absolutely. can all take a page from that. And, of course, there's some things that, the God, that God gave me that, Holly wanted to do, and she's prayed for the Lord to give her more strength in those areas. So it's really, you know, life in the kingdom is a team sport, mm -hmm. right? I, I think mm -hmm. um, I want to say something in this at this spot. You know, Jesus came and was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In Matthew it says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to everyone, and then he will come back. Um, I think sometimes, especially in church, we can get trapped into thinking, that the gospel that Jesus came to preach was the gospel of salvation. And the gospel of salvation is a part, but, in, but uh, only a part of the gospel of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Because salvation is what happens after we die, right? We got well, This kingdom is now. We've got something to do right now. We're not sitting in the doctor's office with some elevator music, reading golf magazine, or, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Waiting. You know, for salvation, we have a job to do. His kingdom is now. The king Amen. came, and he established his kingdom. And that gospel is the gospel that he preached. It's something we do now. 
It's, uh, we have a job to do, and that job is to reveal his kingdom to everyone we come across. Is God, I'm so glad Ryan and them did what they did this morning because I feel like that plumber was put in our path, right? Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to do something about that. And praise the Lord that Ryan did because I don't want to have to explain to the Lord why he gave us a platform or an opportunity. So people came along and we didn't do anything with that, mm -hmm. right? That's how <clears throat> we have to think about that. Amen. It's good. It's good stuff. Let me ask you one more quick question. Um, for students, and really, I, I don't think it's just a student thing. I think maybe you guys agree that in life, there's different times you struggle with direction. What am I supposed to do? So for anybody that's struggling with direction or um, what I do with my life, even if it's, if it's choosing a major or a career or relationship, whatever, what's just some, some quick advice you would give in, in that situation that they're going to face all of life? <laughs> We have a pastor that comes every Monday and teaches our leadership team for an hour, and he taught us this. It's so awesome. He calls it when, when it's gray. When it, you know, sometimes the Bible's very clear about some things. We don't even have to pray about them. We mm -hmm. know adultery. I mean, all those things that he's very clear about in there, mm -hmm. we don't even have to pray because we already know the answer. But some things are areas of gray where there's not a clear direction in there, like your career path or what you're going to do after school. And he taught us this awesome thing. He said, you pray about it and you ask the Lord. And sometimes when you don't feel like you hear clearly from the Lord, then you just go with your dominant thought. Mm. You start going in that direction that keeps you from getting paralyzed. So you just start moving in that direction, the direction of your dominant thought. And you always give the Lord permission. You say, Okay, Lord, I don't feel like I've heard clearly from you, so I feel like I need to move in this direction. Now, I'm going to start moving in this direction, mm -hmm. and if you want to change my course, I give you, I ask you to do that. Mm -hmm. Shut doors, close doors, open doors. You can change my path anytime you want to, but if I don't hear anything clearly from you, I'm going to continue to move in this direction, and that kind of gets you off of high center. And um, Just do something. Just do something. <laughs> yes, right out of college, I took a job. Um, I mean, I didn't even, it was, I didn't know that I was learning important things that were going to help me with what God was calling me to here, but they were, I was evaluating organizations for grants. Imagine that. So he was training me in that job, a very important piece of what I needed for the next place. He doesn't waste anything. That's right. He doesn't waste anything. So you don't have to worry about wasting your time or anything he he has you there and will use you and be glorified in you right there and you'll learn things that you need for the next steps preach pressure off pressure, <laughs> pressure off. off all That's pressure right. off but you know i think one of the things that the lord showed us too early on um is that you need a wise counsel around you mm -hmm. you know show me your friends somebody somebody said this i think did you say this yesterday Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Uh, sure is important that we choose people around us that are going to be hearing from the Lord. That's really what we want, right? We want to hear from the Lord, and if we can't hear it, maybe somebody around us that we're hanging out with will hear it. That, that happens for us in our company all the time. We, have, we, we make decisions as a group, um, small groups, and we are all of us seeking the Lord or most of us seeking the Lord, maybe some of us seeking the Lord, I don't know. But the Lord speaks through different ones of us each time. 
And I couldn't imagine trying to do this, trying to make decisions all the time without wise people. And really wise just means people that are seeking the Lord. All wisdom mm-hmm. comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. And I think as you, as you try to make decisions, you're looking for two things in my mind. What would What is the Lord doing? And what is my heart saying? I, I know the Lord puts a passion mm-hmm. for things in our hearts. He, he shows us that we want to do this. He gave that. He put that in there. And so if I follow that, I'm going to be the most excited, and I'm going to give my best to that. Mm-hmm. I didn't give my best to college. He didn't put college in my heart. <laughs> uh, but he put home building in my heart, and so I gave my best to it. And I think that's what we got to do. Amen. Hey, they're going to pray in a second, but can we give them a hand real quick just for sharing? I've asked them, uh, I'm going to in a second just kind of uh, enter us into a time of response, but I've asked them just to pray for you all that God would uh, give you direction, that you would follow his will, and that you would make much of him in whatever you do. So let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray, y'all. Well, Father, we just lift up these young hearts to you, these these minds, these hands, these feet. We just pray that you will lead them, that you'll bless them, Father, that you'll show them through their passion what you have for them, that they can rest, not be anxious, be, not be uh, concerned that their decision is, is a big deal, that you, as long as they have you, wherever they go and whatever they do, then it's going to be successful, that your hand's going to be on them and with them. We just thank you for their presence here tonight. They could be doing lots of other things, so thank you that they're here talking about you and your kingdom, Father. I just lift them up to you right now, and we pray a blessing on them. Father, I just thank you so much for each one here and for the plans that you have for their lives, and even at their age right now, God, opening their eyes to this truth about who you are. So, Father, we thank you for that, and I know because of that, you have great things for them. Um, And I, I just ask, Lord, that you... Give them a heart of love for your people. Um, give them understanding into the things that are important to you. Help them not put so much pressure on themselves and instead lean fully on you and not on their own understanding, God. Just pray for your hand of blessing over their lives. And Father, tune our ears to hear that still small voice, your whisper. And as we are in your word, God, teach us how to hear from you. Teach us how to know that we're hearing from you. Thrill us and delight us, Lord, with intimacy, an intimate relationship with you. That's what we desire. We want to follow after you all the days of our lives. So, Lord, I just pray that you um, bless them, keep them, make your face shine upon them, and be gracious to them. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I tell them thanks one more time? Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna sing just two more songs in just a second, but just wanna man. There's so much they said. It was so good. But I wanna just encourage you one last time, and I guess maybe even thank you, sir. Maybe even challenge you. All of us, because of our simple natures. Are, are tempted, we are prone to want to build our own kingdom, right? Whatever that way is, we're all prone to do that. So tonight, as we respond, what I, I want all of us, our, our hearts cried. We don't want get, to get like, um, 
sit and soak in the mud, like just sit, oh, I'm such a bad person. But what I want us to do is say, you know what? I need to quit building my own kingdom and start building your kingdom. <laughs> I love what he said. Man, the king has come. God's will is simpler and bigger than you think it's simpler because you don't have to freak out and stress over making the perfect decision because he's got you. And it's bigger than you think because you get to serve the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You get to serve him in whatever you do. So whether you're, you're laying bricks, whether you're on stage doing a drama, whether you're at the bank, whether you're watching some kids, whether you're an architect, whether you're an orthodontist, whatever, whether you're in marketing, whatever you're doing, if you're a teacher out on the soccer field teaching some boys, build God's kingdom right there and pursue his heart in that. If y'all would stand with me, let's pray. Let's ask God that he would use us to build his kingdom. God, we thank you for tonight, what we've heard, Lord. And I pray that now as we kind of enter a time of response, Lord, as we sing to you, that Lord, we would not just sing, but that our heart's desire would be to build your kingdom, God, to make much of you in whatever platform you give us. God, I pray that we would, we would quit building our own kingdoms and quit worrying about us being kings, God, because that's so foolish. Lord, we, we are terrible kings and queens, Lord. So I pray that you would help us to serve you, the one true king. God, that we would have your heart. We would see people the way you see them, Lord, and make much of you as we build your kingdom. It's in your name we pray. Amen.